I want to say welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome to, first off, my sixth episode of IDK with Christian. This is magnificent. It's amazing. I'm shocked beyond my wildest dreams. I actually ex- actually went for this and kept going. But I want to tell you, first of all, this special is, first of all, special. This two-episode special called IDK Being Black in a White World. And I am so excited. It's February 5th, y'all. This is Black History. And I want to say, let's get into it. First, I want to tell y'all this, though. When we talk about asking these questions, this is not to attack anybody, no matter what your race is. This is to start a conversation. So let me get y'all, introduce y'all to my guests, my peoples that have, that's going to rewrite history after this. Okay, here we go. So Lexi, how you doing, girl? How you doing? Hello, I'm doing so good. Hi, guys. I'm Lexi. Introduce yourself. Also, uh, how old are you, Lexi? How old are you? <laughs> I am 16 years old. I'm a junior in high school, and I go to school with Christian. And yeah, Lexi, I'm going to tell you, uh, guys. Lexi is an amazing person. I've been friends with her. Luckily, to be friends with her in like since what ninth grade. And she has all, she has been talking about BLM, also like that. She's, I want to say, I don't know if you call yourself that, but I would say you're definitely an activist in this world and stuff like that. And for, uh, I, I don't want to overstep, but BLM and also for the LGBT uh, community too, you're an activist that. And I definitely love hearing all your stuff and you are on top of everything. And I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so next on this, amazing uh pop episode addy how you doing hey hi i'm addy i'm 16 i'm also a junior in high school and i go to school with christian and lexi yeah also all, all these people on this uh episode i would like to call them activists and any from the blm to anything when it comes to uh other political aspects of everything they're all somebody who's going to attack the community to make it better and not make it worse i just want to put that out there uh addy again has been a good friend of mine since ninth grade she is someone who is also transcended when it comes to the dance community and i just first of all you guys if you haven't seen her dance oh my goodness it is something i believe on like wholeheartedly that when it comes to the dance community, she's going to black uh, black girls and even got black guys. Anybody is going to <laughs> look up to her and be like, "I want to be like her," because she is going to transcend the dance community and so, say, "I look up to Addie." So our next guest is Chloe. How you doing, Chloe? <laughs> hey, Chloe. How you doing? Hey, hi. I'm good. Hi. Um, I'm 16. I go to Wake Forest. Um, I've known Christian since middle school, I think, if not before that. Yeah. Uh, so, Chloe yeah. has been, I've met Chloe, I think, since sixth grade. And we've been going through our whole friendship all the way to now. And it's been amazing. Another one, like I said, everybody on this uh, podcast is active in some way. Chloe does softball. And she has, I, when I see her play, I, I'm shocked. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> hit you. throw anything. So she's <laughs> what I look at. I'm like, she's going to transcend it again for the sports community and make sure that women and also black women are going to start doing sports more and say that we can do it because 
we are that we are that we're that we're just that so <laughs> our next guest is adriana how you doing adriana yes, thank you hi everybody <laughs> my name is adriana i am 16 i'm from new york city um i go to school in new york city and i used to go to middle school with christian Yep. Uh, I really like to say Adriana and Chloe both I've been friends them since sixth grade. Adriana has been through a wild ride. She's been uh, doing musical theater with me. That's how we really got close together. And she's also somebody who I cannot wait to see how she goes because she won't go far. I know she wants to major in biology. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that biology right? Hopefully, somewhere around that, you know. And then also when I was looking at a biologist, which she's going to uh, tell us more about when we talk about one of the questions, though, that there's really not a lot of female and then black female biologists. And she's I believe that she will transcend it again. All these women are going to transcend everything that they do. And I cannot wait to see everything happen. I cannot wait to ask these uh, amazing women questions and hear their answers about them. OK, so let's get started. First of all, black history. First of all, uh, it's February 5th. Well, it launched February 5th, but it's, ooh, words. Black History is a month to celebrate black, uh, black culture, music, the history, all from slavery, even before that, even before slavery, just like how the tribes, everybody from Africa, and even people that weren't even, uh, the families that weren't Africa, how they moved to America. And that's, that's the main goal was that to understand the history and make sure that young black kids that might not, that haven't gone through that, understand the, their ancestors and what they fought for. Now, black history, it was created by a guy named Dr. Carter J. Woodson. He was a man that said, <clears throat> I want to appreciate what my ancestors and what I might do that in the future generations will see and say that we tried that we worked our best to make sure that everybody appreciates and not appropriate. That there's a way to establish the point of saying, we understand that oppressors, we are we are the oppressors, but we are trying to work to form a, a wholehearted family around it. That say, just because our pigmentation, our skin is different, does not mean that our species is different. And that's what I believe, I truly believe that black, uh, uh, Black uh, History Month really truly means. It was created in 1915. Now, if you think of 1915, that was segregation at its finest. That was one of the years that was segregation at its finest. So imagine trying to have people that are racist and all and sexist, all the stuff like that, trying to get people to appreciate the Black culture. And that I find that crazy, first of all, because that is a, a, tr a troubling time, because I honestly thought... Black history was created in the 1960s after Martin Luther King, after the law was passed, that you can't really be, you can't take, uh, segregation was ended or quote unquote ended. <clears throat> and we'll get more, we'll talk about that more. So my, uh, Chloe, I got a question for you. My first question is, how do you feel about BL, uh, ooh, not BLM, Black history <laughs> being on February, one of the shortest months of the whole year? Um, I feel like, um, I feel like it's not like white people have, or not white people, but just people have the whole year to just be themselves, you know, we only have a month and we have the shortest month. And I feel like 
it's hard to put and captivate all these years, like 200, 300 years of pain and just like heartache into 28 days. And then in schools, people don't even really like celebrate it. They do like the same learn about Martin Luther King activity, listen to the I Have a Dream speech, but you don't really learn anything. You just repeat the same things and you just get to hear, oh yeah, slavery was bad. Oh yeah, the civil rights was hard. Oh yeah, you just hear like the same thing. So I feel like they should dedicate more time to things like that. And just when people are oppressed, you should allow them to really, you should allow them to speak out on these things so more people know. So I feel like having it on the shortest month of the year and in the beginning of the year, I feel like that's just, it's not right. It's still good, it's a good step because at least we got a month, you know, at least we got a time. Cause some people only get a day. So some people only get like one day. So I'm glad we at least got a month cause it still represents us, but I don't feel like it represents everything as the way it should. Yeah. I totally agree. Uh, Addie, uh, can you answer that too? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think for me personally, when I think about it, it's not even necessarily that it's the shortest month, but it's that within that month, we we find it separate from American history. Like American history would be nothing without black people. And we we have teachers and programs incorporate this black history and black culture in that one month when it should really be taught throughout the entire year. And we have separate classes for it and everything like that, but it shouldn't it shouldn't feel like that one month is the only time that you have um, teachers and programs telling you about black history and black culture. And I feel like that's the real root of the problem from it um, because black history is American history. Yeah. And it's sad that a black kid can go into an American history class and never once learn about black people except for slavery or segregation or all these times we were treated like we weren't even humans, you know? Um, and representation matters. So they're, they go into a class and they're taught that about all these times when we were treated so terribly and they're not taught about all the amazing black scientists or the black doctors or the black astronauts or any of these accomplishments that America has gotten from black people. And I feel like that's the real root of the problem when it comes to American history, black history and black history month. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, Lexi, please tell me some more. <clears throat> so, like, I totally agree with what Chloe and Addie are saying. Like, Black History Month being the shortest month of the year says a lot about America and just, like, the deep-rooted hatred that, like, that we go through. Like, we have 28 days to celebrate 400 years of absolute BS that we pulled up, that we put up with from like everyone. Like, and I think it's so important that like, you not only learn about the troubles, but you also learn about the successes. Like, yes, you need to learn about slavery and like all of that stuff. And like, duh, black people were put on the, the ships and sent off and it was gross and it was terrible and they all died. and. But you also need to learn about the people, like more than just Harriet Tubman, like you need to learn about the people who did good things for the black community during times that were so like troubling. Like 
but also, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh my God, it was so good. But it was just something along the lines of like, I shouldn't have to restrict my culture to 28 days. I feel like, I feel like the whole year, we should have Black History Year. Like, I feel like we need to like <laughs> take so much time to celebrate because 28 days is not enough to just be put in to February. Last thing I'm going to say, um, the guy who made Black History Month, obviously he did it during an extremely rough time. So I'm sure February was the best month he could work with without angering the white people too much. <laughs> it's the shortest month, but also it's like a compromise, you know, it's the shortest month, but also we get to celebrate being black, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think he did what he had to do, but also things are allowed to change. So maybe like, I don't know, we should have multiple Black History Months. Mm-hmm. Okay, Adriana, please tell me. Finish this off, please. <laughs> well, um, I do think that it proves that Black people are inferior, mm-hmm. being that we only have 28 days and there's 30 to 31 days in every other month. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to Black history, I think we tend to forget that it's more than just African-American history. We have African history that nobody really speaks about. We have Caribbean history that nobody really speaks about and Afro-Latina history that nobody really speaks about. And I don't know, I I mean, I feel like February, no disrespect to February, <laughs> but I feel like maybe if it was in a month or even as Lexi and everybody else said, um, a time where we can just have like a longer period of time because 400 years, like in 28 days doesn't make sense at all. And I'm kind of just reiterating what everybody else said, but we do need to step up and learn about different things in the black community in order to, you know, embrace the full black history month. I, to- I totally agree. So I love everything that you said. And actually, I want to tell you why February was chosen. February was chosen. Well, first of all, it was actually, it wasn't a full month. It was actually a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it came to, yeah, they called it a month, but they only celebrated for a whole week. And it was because of, here we go, President Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass were, that was, the, there was, that was their former people's birthdays. That's why I said, because, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, that's who ended slavery. First of all, we'll, we'll get to this about why it took why did it take sixteen presidents to end slavery? That's another. That's another. That's another question for another day. But and also Frederick Douglass, who is somebody who was actually uh, was the want to be the first black vice president if they allowed it. If they allowed, he was at him and a female, a female, a female. Uh, well, I forgot her name, but uh, a woman who was going to be the first woman a long, long time ago who really fought for something for us. For us, so that's why they did it in February. Now, again, like uh, what everybody said, February it was a hard time uh, during that time, nineteen fifteen, all that time. It was a hard time, and I agree, everybody. We don't need. We need like it's good that we have a month. But don't just uh, shelter yourself saying, okay, February, that's it. That's the only time I'm gonna celebrate it. Make it a year. We celebrate American culture all year long. 
We got Fourth of July, Memorial Day, all those kind of stuff, all those days, and we talk about it every day, all stuff like that. Don't make February your just okay. I'm just gonna celebrate February and move on. No, make study, study your history, study your culture, and that I think that's something that we all sometimes struggle with because yeah, we we always want to talk about stuff like that, but it can be like ah, eh, like okay, oh well. There's this, there's something inside of you that like, I could do something else except for look, look up who was the first black astronaut, female astronaut, who actually created uh, female hairstyles, who actually said black women, they need this hairstyle to be protective of like all these dangerous stuff that's around the world that's gonna, these people and stuff like that. Cause some, we, we don't always know that and we don't always want to study that cause we don't wanna know about the hard times about it. Because believe me, when it comes to like period movies about slavery, like 12 Years a Slave, Roots, stuff like that, those things scared the crap out of me. Why? Because they were so true. It was accurate. And it was the point that that this actually happened to people, to everybody around the world. It's not just America. And I think sometimes we do forget that. It wasn't just America that was against us. It was the whole world that was against us. It was everybody that's saying that these people are not people. They are three-fifths of a human. That's what they called us. Three-fifths. Who's three-fifths of a human? How can you do that? And I'm, so we're, we're going to move on, but I want y'all yeah, listeners and watchers rem remember that because our second episode, we're going we're gonna to get some, we're going to dig deeper for that. All right. My second question, Lexi. Is BLM a political statement or a human rights statement? I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> Turn it up. Oh. Turn it up. <laughs> so like, I'm just going to blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Human rights, not political. Mm -hmm. It became political when government officials like police officers and governors and our previous president were like, feeding the fire also we did it joe biden 2021 <laughs> anyways but <laughs> we were period <laughs> they were feeding the fire and contributing to the narrative that black even though like oh you guys are free you know you can do what you want blah blah blah. but oh you can't walk outside with your hood on you can't hold your cell phone and because it might look like a gun. So maybe get like a bright color. That's why I have a bright colored phone case. Okay. Because there is absolutely no way you can mistake blue marble. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> it's a problem. Also, I like this case, but that's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, I just feel like, like black people are people too. So why does it have to be political? You know, like, I don't know. It just, it always, it always like, I don't know, just with the Capitol riot happening and there was little to no force, like one person died, like, okay, well, well she should have, but like, that's not the point. It's like, with all the Black Lives Matter protests going on around the world, they were, it literally looked like a scene straight out of like, like a dystopian movie. Like there was, there were fires, there were, police tape there was police tape everywhere there was law enforcement like circling there were like people like literally like it it was horrendous to watch and like i wanted to go to a protest so bad but like i was like i 
I don't want to one get COVID, but two also like risk not coming back because I just I just want to be a person, you know. I just want to be like everyone else, and it's it's just it's really hard, honestly. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish right there. <laughs> I I totally agree. And Addie, can you uh, answer that too? Yeah, sorry. Just hearing Lexi talk this made all of these thoughts and emotions come into my head. I know, I know. Like, I feel like it became political and it became a trend when it really got popular, um, like March, April, May-ish, and white people actually found out that BLM was an actual movement. And they were like, oh my gosh, these people like actually exist and they go around and they do these things because BLM has been around for a while. But now, now we have to ask the question, is it political or is it humanitarian? Like I, I remember like maybe 2016 being in middle school and my dad talking to me about like the statement Black Lives Matter and why we use such, um, I guess, a bold ish statement. You know, it catches people's attention. It makes them feel left out. And that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to catch their attention. It's supposed to make them think about what it means. And I don't remember ever hearing once anybody question if it was political or if it was a humanitarian issue. And so it's like now that all these people, especially in the time period that we are in with, I mean, not right now, not anymore, but it happened, this all happened during Trump's presidency. And so we have all of his followers, all these people who follow and support a racist, homophobic, sexist, on and I, never mind, I won't get on, into all of that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, they blindly support this man and they see people actually standing up for their rights to live and they become infuriated. They become, they become these just, it's like they're not even people, you know? And they're sitting here talking about how it's a terrorist organization and how they're destroying all these buildings, how they're being so violent. And it's like, when, when in the history of America specifically have Black people ever been violent to white people? Never. It's always been reversed. It's always been the opposite. And they're sitting here scared of us or they're scared of this movement or what it's gonna do. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me how you can be so blatantly closed-minded, racist, just, I mean, all of the above, honestly. It's, it's, it really, it really um, just strikes me. And if you ever take the time to actually try and talk to somebody that thinks like that, it's immensely tiring. It really is. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's really exhausting because you're sitting there and you're like, how? And you kind of understand it a little because it's hard to understand things that don't direct you or like directly affect you or the people around you. So yeah, I get how it's hard for you to understand how like their mindset's like, oh, there's not any laws that say that you can't do this that, and the third. So what do you mean that you don't have equal rights in this country, you know? But it's like, you, you don't experience that at all. You're a cis white male. You don't experience any of that, you know? And so it's hard for them to really see why it's happening and what's happening because they don't experience anything like that in any form or any way in their life. So yeah, I'm gonna stop it right there, but it just really, that, that, that really um, 
because it's been going on so much and being in high school, especially too, you have all these people who I guess you could say were in your circle and you they had these ideologies and you just realize that you're like, wow, they really think like that. They think like that about me and people like me. And it's just, it's tiring, it's upsetting. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana, <laughs> Adriana, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Black Lives Matter, the movement, started um, by Trayvon Martin's mother and a couple of other women back in 2016 when he was murdered, and it has been growing since then, and I feel like people have turned it because of course this is about human rights and human lives and people especially white people have turned it into something so political because they are so frightened you know um i think kind of losing my train of thought but um i don't know i feel like it's when people are dying, mm -hmm. there should be no question or debate about it, especially when mm -hmm. people are dying for doing nothing. People are dying for sleeping in their own homes. People are dying for going to the store, for walking with a hoodie on, for holding a toy gun. And it's, it's crazy to me. And it should be crazy to everybody else. And I don't understand how people can't see that. So yeah, I have a I have a lot more to say, but I'm losing my train of thought. So it's totally fine. We'll backtrack to you. Chloe. Answer, uh, finish us off, please. Um, I agree with what Addie said. Like how it's really hard to talk to someone who has different views than you, because like both of y'all, you're not both right. There's always a right and a wrong person, but you'll never be able to say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm wrong, because when you grow up two completely different ways, it'll never make sense to each other unless you really sit down and talk about it. But it's usually like super duper hard and like straining to talk about it because it like hurts your head. And I say that because I was talking to this boy, maybe like summertime, and we were talking about the um, like the riots. He was this white male. He he lives in this area, but we were talking about the riots. And he was talking about how he likes Trump. He's a Trump supporter, but I don't have anything against him. We just have two different political views. And he was talking about how he likes Trump because Trump is good for the economy and all these things. And he was talking about how Black Lives Matter is not good for the economy because we were destroying buildings and rioting and stuff. And I was like, the whole point of the movement was not to say, okay, guys, let's go out and like like groups of two million, and let's go beat up some buildings. Because I go to those, I go to those uh, restaurants, and I shop at those places too. And usually, the riots—they weren't. The riots were not how the protests started. They started out as protests, and as the night went on, they became riots. 
But anyways, I wanted to say that it's not a political movement. The right at the Capitol, that was a political movement because they were mad that they lost fairly. They fairly lost, but they were being sore losers about it. So they're like, okay, let's go in. Let's storm the thing. Let's beat people up. Let's kill police officers, make people commit suicide because that's how bad and terrible they felt afterwards. And they were just so mad that they lost a political election, a political race. But we were mad because we just wanted to be acknowledged. We just wanted to have not sympathy, but just we wanted you to have an understanding. And so it's not a political movement because if it was, then we would we would be in politics and people would be on the news, people would be doing all these things. But we're really we were just saying, hey, we matter too. We're not saying you don't matter. We're just saying we matter too. There's no reason for you to be like well, that has an excuse, this has an excuse, because if I walked into your house and I shot you while you were in your bed in your pajamas, how is, like, how would your family feel? Your family wouldn't be like, oh no, they have an excuse because no, you were killed in your sleep or you were killed when you had no protection, you were doing nothing in the wrong. And so to say it's a political movement is really like a low blow because we we're not trying to do anything more than just be accepted as people. Uh, yeah. And can I say something? Oh, sorry, Adriana. Do you want to go? Adriana, it's, just, no. it's just a really just, thing. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Addy. Go ahead. No, no, you can go. <laughs> I just wanted to say that protesting, we have the right to protest. It's in our First Amendment. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a problem. I went to a protest back in the summer. It was very peaceful, and people are just trying to fight for change. I don't understand why people would be so against protesting so and i understand when it turns into looting and rioting but when you look at what happened at the capitol mm-hmm. you cannot compare that to black lives and black lives matter movement and what we're trying to do go ahead i was just gonna say something along those lines with the rioting like it's funny how, like you said, um, Adriana, Black Lives Matter has been going on since 2016. And you see it becoming so popular right now because of the riots. People weren't paying attention to us before the riots. Like, It's like you can only do so much to a group of people before they begin to not even be able to take that pressure anymore. Like. It was gonna, you're lucky that it was just riots, honestly. Like, I'm sorry, but you're lucky that it was just riots. Riots of, I can't speak for the small businesses that were broken into, that was wrong, I don't support that. But like, the billion dollar businesses of Target, and they took like milk because they were being sprayed by, and they weren't even, it wasn't even the rioters actually, it was like police officers. But anyways, like, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me how like, people, they just don't see it. They don't. And like I said, it's they they were really lucky that it was just riots because by this point, after how long they have treated black people in this country, it should be more than riots. Mm-hmm. It should be much more than riots. Right. And I would burn this bitch to the ground. Okay. <laughs> because they are just, yeah, they are so lucky that it's just riots at this point. Cause it's just crazy. And that's the only way you're gonna get attention anyways. So it's like what are you supposed to do about it? They broke into the Capitol. They got a lot of attention. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Just 
First, I'm excited actually that have more women on this actually because for the next question, and I want to talk about what uh, what all y'all said about the last one though. BLM is a human right. Black lives matter. We are saying that our lives matter. You saying all. First of all, if you say all lives matter, please explain that. Explain why you think that like BLM is taken away, that we're trying to be more powerful than you. No, we're trying to be equal because you say we're equal and on paper you say equal, but when you talk to our face, you're saying we are less than. Mm -hmm. Always said we're less than. The middle passage, how do they put us on the ship? Tightly bunched together, not able to move our body, with sick and healthy people together, pooping without wiping, sickness everywhere. And you said, mm, they, they actually need to be more tighter. They're too loose. They, we need to make sure that they know that we are the superiors. Humans are not superior to another human. You cannot decide, not another human can decide who lives. I wanna quote Hamilton. Who lives, who dies, who tells my story? Your story. Who lives, who tells my story. The fact <laughs> is that we have lived, we have died, but nobody is telling our story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody else's story. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, but who's actually going to tell Harry Tubman's story to the T until mm -hmm. the fact that we had to wait until last year to get a movie about Harry Tubman is mm -hmm. sickening. The fact that we had to be, we had to wait so long to talk about hidden figures and the three female women that actually flew a man across the whole earth. For we had to wait until 2001, say 17, is sickening. It is sickening. Taraji P. Henson, she said, which this monologue should have won an Oscar. She says, I am tired working day and night like a dog. Mm -hmm. That thing right there, that whole thing should have changed everybody's mind like that. You should be like, we are working right now like a dog day and night protesting peacefully to say that our lives matter, but you're going to say, no, all lives matter. You're going to say white lives matter. You are not the oppressed. You are the oppressor. You have always been the oppressor. And then our range of hierarchy as you decided to be is that white male, white female, colored, people of color outside of African-American, all those uh, uh, African descent. Then you got African male. And then right here at the bottom of the barrel for no apparent reason, African descent. You are putting a hierarchy on race and on gender. You're saying that because of who you are and who you did not, first of all, we do not choose our colors. We are given them and we are learned to adapt and change the narrative of what you are trying to make us feel. You make us feel like we are choosing to be black. We don't choose to be black. Mm -hmm. We are gifted to be black. It's a present to be, it's an honor to actually have this ancestors and also that fight because yeah, we fight, white people fight too. Yes, y'all fight for our country. That who helped? Blacks. Y'all took slaves and said y'all are fighting for a country that's not even yours. We forced you upon a country, a new world, a new world, and said, you're gonna fight for us because we own you. 
And then you say, you cannot work. You don't work. You don't do anything. You work for us. And that's the only work you don't education. No reading. You need to be dumb, 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 dumb. You can't even when it comes to like a simple, Oh, this thing. I, I even like our science that they gave us, I am worth, I don't know because you are not allowing me to read. You're not allowing me to understand numbers, words, the, the simplest things. Oh, this is green. This is how I walk. This is how I talk to somebody and agree to disagree without feeling like you're being disrespected because of the color of my skin. You are being threatening. You are threatening because of the color of my skin, but we should be threatened because of the color of your skin because you are the oppressed. You are the oppressor. You are oppressing us all the time, but we're not threatened because of that because we know that we are equal, but you're saying that we're threatened because of you. So we want to make you know that you're less than. And that's our, that goes tied to my next question is, how do you feel about the racism and oppressed during your dream jobs, especially for as black women, as y'all are, as people said, black women are <laughs> the least, the least supported, the least appreciated per, uh, people in this whole world. How do you feel about that? Addy, take this, please. Take this first. <laughs> <laughs> so my dream job is to be a professional dancer. Um, so I don't even know where to begin because dance, while I love it so much, um, especially in the field, like in the style of ballet is where I really feel it and see it the most. Um, I'll just go with like material things first. Your ballet slippers are pink. Your ballet tights are pink. You walk into ballet class and your skin is brown and then you have these tights that are supposed to match your skin color but they don't because yeah. Um, and I mean, hairstyles, they want you to have your hair up in a bun. Well, my hair can always go up in a bun unless you want me to straighten it, which is damaging to my hair. Like they just, there's just so many levels of things that microaggressions and just things that they don't, they don't even realize are, cause they don't have to um, deal with that. You know, like the majority, especially in ballet, the majority my studio is a predominantly white studio. So in ballet, in modern, whenever it comes to shows or performances, there's things that they don't even realize. I'm I'm the only person that's gonna have to accommodate to fit y'all. You don't ever try to pick something that's going to include me as well. Um, and when it comes to ballet as well, like I you're seeing more, you're seeing more and more repre representation, which I'm so thankful for, but I remember, especially when I was young, when I'd go see ballets at Carolina Ballet, there'd be no black dancers. They'd all be white or Asian. And so it's like, you don't see anybody like you in these in these places. And like I said a, a, a lot earlier, representation matters. So like, you don't see yourself in these places. You don't believe, wholeheartedly believe that you can be there. Um, and I remember when my dance teacher first took me to see Alvin Ailey, and that's when that my brain just rewired. Like I was like, wow, there are people that look like me um, in this company. And I'll um, Alvin Ailey is a historically black company. Um, and so the majority of their dancers are black. And when you see that and you see these beautiful black bodies dancing and there's these just amazing dancers and you just really feel like you can do this. And it's, it's the way that I think I was maybe like 10 or 11 
And I started seeing these black ballerinas in tan colored tights or brown colored tights to actually match their skin color or tan or brown colored point shoes. They came out with tan or brown colored point shoes or tan or brown colored ballet slippers. And it's it's really sad to think about how long it took us to get here. Um, they just came out with uh, multicolored band-aids, like band-aids that fit your skin color. It's like, why? Why did that take so long to get here? But I mean, I guess you're supposed to be like appreciative and like grateful that that's even there, but it's like, it shouldn't have taken that long. You know, you live, especially in America, this is a country with a wide range of people and you are just now getting these band-aids in different colors or these tights in different colors. Um, and in, in a lot of studios, the problem is that's not allowed. You're supposed to wear pink tights and you're supposed to wear pink ballet slippers or pink point shoes. And they'll tell you that it's inappropriate or um, you know, the whole thing is like conformity. And so you're supposed to look like all the other dancers. Um, also being black, it's just a lot of the time you're told your body doesn't fit. You know, a lot of black dancers deal with the problem of being told that their chest is too big or that their hips are too big or that their butt is too big. And you're supposed to conform in these places that aren't, they aren't made for you. You have to accommodate yourself to fit these places instead of them trying to actually make the effort for it to be inclusive. And that's extremely damaging to black people in, and I'm sure this happens across multiple fields, but like, especially in dance and like the arts, that's extremely damaging because now you feel like you are, it's a problem with you instead of a problem with the way that things are set up. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel. And I hope, I hope that I can achieve my goal one day. And I hope that I can be one of the dancers that people look up to and they see me as a black dancer and they're like, I can do this. Cause she did. So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And I want to backtrack. I want to actually go off of what she said too. As people listeners something like that, y'all know I'm in the arts. And that is a first of all tough field for mm -hmm. anybody, but especially for black people. And black females, of course, that is a tough field when it comes to dancing and all stuff like that. And it's also a tough field. And I, I'm not like saying that anything is like worse than anything but it's like i feel i actually i feel what addy's feeling as well i have been when it comes to black men you are expected for sports you're expected football basketball anything contact heavy you're expected that you're expected to be muscular deep voice all draggy everything like that you're because that's the stereotype the era i want you to be and then you then you look at me you look at me <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I talk a lot. Apparently, black men are told not to show their emotions, not to express them, not to be able to say, I don't like what you said to me. You're supposed to take like a man. Black men are not supposed to cry. They're supposed to be tough. They're supposed to be the man of the house. And if you're the man of the house, you can't show emotion. You just got to be stiff. But then you look at me. You look at me. My dad said, no. Emotion is the, to, the thing that people have been straying away from. You need, as a black man, you need to show emotion. You need to communicate. You need to talk because nobody's going to know say stuff and saying, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just going to deal with this. I'm fine. You see that deep voice right there? You can't do that. You can't just be like, you can't just say, 
I'm fine and not really be fine. You got to express your emotions. I have said this multiple times. They always like, Christian, you are the most, here we go, for this. And it's a black, uh, for me, it's a black thing. You are the most whitest black person. Say it again. First, and like, it's a, like, I start to, and it's sad, it's sad that I do this. Like, it's not good. I just laugh at all. Yeah, like, we're always so. It's it's a joke. It's a joke. We have to get into that. We have to get into that. Yeah, is the point is why is why is because how I act and it's not strange your stereotypical way of a black male <laughs> that you are that I was that I'm just white. I'm white. You are, and I like it's. There's like okay, haha jokes when it comes to and. I don't know. I want to say, but like when it comes to like black people saying that, I'm like, okay, haha, that's cool. exactly. Okay. It, it's like mm -hmm. it, there's a certain of, a point, and it's like it's not really saying, oh, you, but it's like when a black person say it, it's a joke. But there's some white, and, and I'm not even say there are some white people that say it, it's as a joke. I have I have know that, and they're like, I'm just I'm kidding, stuff like that. But there's actually some white people that say it to like be that you are white. They put you in that box. They also put me in a box, which I said about the last episode is that I'm the gay straight guy. I can't do theater and be black and be straight. You have to be gay, white, theater, black, gay, theater. You can't do, you can't be, you, you want to put you in a box so bad. So when you take, when you say, no, I'm not going to conform to your ways. I'm going to conform to my ways. I am the box. Christian, I'm putting myself in a box that matches me. Me, mm -hmm. Christian Lowry Bartney, me matches me. Head, toe, knees, and shoulders, me, not you. <laughs> tell me that Christian, you're black, so you know how to do hip hop. And I don't know how you felt that. You're black, so teach me hip hop. Teach me jazz. Oh, you know how to do. Teach me some. Teach, teach me some. Uh, like, do my edges. Hey, hey, uh, oh my gosh. Yes. Not do my edges. So not do my edges. So much. I get that one so much. Oh, yeah. I have a story about that, bro. Uh, uh, white people be like, "Oh, I love your edges. I want to do that." I how hey, my oh, oh my god, there's so <laughs> your hair is so nice. Can I touch it? No, <laughs> don't even get me started. Really attack, attack the mind, and if you don't have a strong mind and don't have like a real support about it, you're gonna you're gonna let them win. You're gonna really let them win, Adrian. I want you to answer the question about the dreams, and then we're gonna get into what I just said. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. right, scratch all these other questions that I have. Scratch those out. We'll talk about Not those. <laughs> those need because what we need. But Adrian, I know as a biologist, that that is a superior first off cis white male role. So please tell me, please tell me about that. Well, actually. Um, I want to be an OBGYN, oh, okay. which is no. yeah. women's health and um, delivering babies and things like that. And what was so alarming to me when during these um, black protests, I saw on Instagram, somebody had said, um, if you are a black woman and you are pregnant or you are about to deliver, please 
have a black doctor do it. Mm. And then I watched this show called Insecure and they were talking about it. And normally people, people don't normally talk about how the character on the show, she was like, I was having trouble and I was trying to let my doctors know, but they kept brushing it off. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I actually had a blood clot. And that happens way too many times. I'm in a certain class where we do research into our particular topics. And since I do want to become an OBGYN, that's what I And it is the rate at which more black women die because they aren't getting listened to in the delivery room is terrifying. And when it comes to representation, um, I know when it comes to especially Asian communities, black people won't really push their children as much especially when it comes to certain communities. But when you, and I know I'm probably going to have to experience this when I walk into a college room and everybody sitting next to me is going to be white and my professors are going to be white and the doctors that I'm going to be learning from are going to be white. It's going to be hard. And the things that we learn about, especially in anatomy, we learn about white body stereotypes. We're not we're not learning about how, you know, when what black people tend to get, how black people might have higher cholesterol because we're black or because we're black, things like that. And when we're looking at things in the body, they all have to pertain to white people. And it's the white person's silhouette and what they look like. When we talk about weight. The BMI is based off of white people. It's not based off of black people or Asian people. A black girl typically develops faster than a white girl. And an Asian girl can typically develop slower than a white girl. And we don't we don't look at those things. And it's discouraging, especially in my case, growing up overweight, it was discouraging looking at how, okay, I had to fit this white standard of weight. And, and my body type and all this other stuff. And it's, it's really disheartening. And it goes for women and men and just any black person in general. And in the medical field, it's it's really tough not <laughs> so much representation that needs to be there. Mm-hmm. All right, yes, I totally agree. I remember being said, being told, Christian, you're too skinny. Then I had a friend being said, you are too big. And then when she lost all that weight, you're too skinny again. And so it's like, what do you, if what, like nothing works, I can't be this, I can't be too skinny because I can't be like uh, how I want my body to be if it might be a little big because that's just how I'm naturally built. I'm too fat. That you're too fat, uh, lose, a, lose a few pounds and then we'll talk. Or, but when I lose all that weight, you're too skinny. Uh, gain a few pounds. You need to eat more. Have you eaten? Have you? You seem like you have eaten. You're you're drinking water. That's what you're doing. Air. You need to actually eat. But then you do, and you gain all that weight back that you lost. What do you want me to be? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm 
And then we say, at, there's a point in time that you honestly got to say, I am done. I am done conforming to your perfect body. You got models, they're skinny and all this like skinny stuff like that. And also, and they say, this is the, this is how it is. This is how you're supposed to be. And then you got girls that said, I can't be like that. Cause that's unhealthy. And you say, oh, well, well, you're not beautiful. That you're not beautiful. And then your hair has to be straightened too. I, cause I, my mom, she used to go through that trip, going all that, trying to straighten it to appease somebody who, and it's not just white men either. It's black men. It's black men that's always like, oh, okay. I, you you look too much like me. Your hair looks so much like me. Make it long. Oh, why you got braids in? Why, you should straighten it more. That's dirty. That's, That's dirty. Women are more curly. They're curly hair. They're curly, kinky, all that kind of stuff. But you're like, you should straighten it. You should look more like Becky and not Lexi. No, don't do that. Your hair does not work. <laughs> no, your hair, no. But like, you you, can, you gotta look more. Oh no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Blonde, <laughs> blonde, and I will like you then. I will like you then if you dye it blonde, because it is more. You're, you can't do that. You're not going to control the narrative, especially when I'm the one writing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the one who's gonna have to walk through that. I'm gonna have to walk the walk, talk the talk, go to sleep in this body. Wake up, look in the mirror in this body. And if I can't appreciate that myself, and you're trying to control me too, that's a men- that's a mental breakdown waiting to happen. And then you said, Oh, oh well. Yeah, Adriana, go ahead. Um, I know this isn't this isn't just the medical community, but it's when it comes to a whole bunch of different professions. When you're trying to get a job, mm-hmm. a lot of black women have to straighten their hair gel their hair back you know they can't they can't wear their full fro and their dreadlocks and things like that because it 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 doesn't fit the standard and it's when when you do college interviews and all these different things you have to look a certain way but it's just like these are these are my features because I'm a black person this is what's natural to me and now I have to you know put that away or I have to change it, that doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's funny because they wanna they want to pick and choose what they want. Like yeah. okay, they want the Kim K booty and they oh want the, the Kylie Jenner lips, but they don't want the nose. They still want nah. the ear nose. They don't want this big old nose you, you can't pick and choose what Features from the black community, you want to take and appropriate and make into, and this is my like oh, the thing that makes me the most mad is that like black culture has just been gentrified so much that now it's pop culture. Now it's like popular. Yeah. White dudes want to wear do rags to be cool. That's cool. If somebody posts a white dude posts a TikTok and a black and a do rag. He's spicy white. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, he's racist. That's what he is. He's yeah. racist. No. That's just me wearing a do rag. Like I'm very much confused. Like it, they just they they and they have the privilege to do so. They mm-hmm. have the privilege to do so. And then and then if you try to gatekeep things, they call it gatekeeping. You try to say that hey, this is my culture, and actually I don't really like that too much that you're doing that. They they just can't accept that. And 
it's it's just insane to me. And yeah. I understand, you know, they don't really have their own culture as a white being white, but you're you know that you're Irish or you know that you're German or you know that you're from Russia. We don't African Americans at least. I don't know that. I know that I'm probably from West Africa. But black culture is all that I have. I don't yeah. have any of my African culture really. I have mm -hmm. black culture. And then you're gonna take that from me and make it pop culture and I don't have anything now. I have mm -hmm. nothing. <laughs> like I go out and I do my things and they don't even see it as black culture anymore. They just see it as popular culture, as American culture. Mm -hmm. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating. Yes. <laughs> Very. Um, can I add something? Yeah. Um, okay, so on the pop culture thing, one thing that made me like really mad recently was when like the Jordan ones became like really popular again. And it wasn't that I was mad that people were buying Jordans. I was just mad that it would be like white people or just just people and they would just buy them because they had the money to buy them and they wouldn't appreciate them and i'm not a sneakerhead i'll buy i don't care i don't care at all my i wear crocs every day but the fact that people are just buying shoes to buy them and take like two instagram pictures and then yeah. just say oh i have these shoes and they just call them like like the red jordan ones the the white Jordan one, they have names and there's people that actually care about those things. And the people that care about those things are the black people and black people have been wearing Jordans forever. And I remember in middle school, people would laugh and joke like, oh my gosh, you're Jordan, ha ha, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, if you don't have them, you're broke. If you don't have them, you're this, you're that. And I just feel like it's so just, it's just backwards how things change. And then on the, um, topic of conformity and how everything's in like the the wider spectrum how we're supposed to do the wider spectrum um it just reminds me because i originally lived in like the durham area and then i moved over right before middle school started and in durham people were like really chill we would go outside and we would play and we would do stuff and no one cared about anything we were just being kids but then i moved and i went to wakefield which is in like this richer neighborhood this higher class neighborhood and it was like the whole school was white like the whole school was white except for like maybe a few people like if you go through the yearbook you'll see like maybe like all white people and then like a black person here a black person here a black person there and so i had my natural hair until maybe like sixth grade and i just i couldn't I didn't want to hear about it anymore. I hated hearing about how my hair looked and it was like really traumatizing being like this young child who just went from being around people like me to people that aren't like me telling me that what I'm doing is wrong. And then like Instagram, people would be on Instagram and these white girls, they would go to the lake and they would take bikini pictures. And my mother did not even want me to wear like a V-neck shirt. Like, let me be caught in a bikini, oh my gosh. And people were wearing makeup in the sixth grade. Why? I don't, it was like, it was like we had to like speed up our growth process to match these other people and what they wanted from us. Because if not, then we'd be told like, we p kids are mean. Kids are mean and it's not intentional all the time because sometimes they're just repeating what their parents say. Other times they're just saying what they think is funny, but it's not funny because to you, you care. And just growing up through middle school, it took me all the way until maybe like 10th grade, ninth grade to be like, I don't care. Cause then I cut my hair back cause I had a relaxer through middle school. So I cut my hair, my hair's short now, I don't care. And then I used to like hide my body and wear baggy clothes on purpose 
because I had like a bigger butt. So it would be like, that's like the funny thing. And it's supposed to be a compliment, but it's never a compliment when you're being like, just told over and over again, things about your body when you just think you're a normal person. But when your whole personality becomes like a body part or your hairstyle or like a way you look, it kind of just messes up your growth process and you being an individual because you're trying to just be left alone. So just growing up and with in like a predominantly white neighborhood, it's just so hard for black children to be black children. Cause my black friends, we'd be doing like dub smashes in the bathroom. But then that became like ghetto because you know, just dancing. Cause now we're doing TikToks. White people do TikToks everywhere, but doing dub smash, oh, that's ghetto. Oh, that's, that's, that's that. And so it was like, if you weren't posting with your 2000 followers and if you weren't doing all these other things then you're wrong, but now I'm kind of, I don't care as much anymore because I've become my happy self, but still, I'm done. Lexi, go ahead. Oh, I don't know if you peeped this, but Chloe, when you were talking, my AirPod fell out and I was embarrassed, so I didn't put it back. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying. My audio might be a little messed up now. I don't know. It doesn't sound like yeah. iffy. Oh, you sound good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I just want to go back to the thing about like, acting wide and talking wide and all that because I know because me, Christian, and Natty was the same school, so we know what type of Caucasians are at our school, so yeah. we we typically hear this a lot, like, and I was I just, like, forever. I think, like, since middle school, I've been so, like, you're the whitest black girl I know. You're an Oreo. Da -da 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 -da. Like, let me tell you a recent story. So, after school during, like, freshman, sophomore year, I was, um, I went to the Millbury Exchange Park because they had like an after school thing. I would just stay there for a little bit and then my parents would come give me. But um, one of the cops was there, he would call me Oreo. A grown, I almost said a bad word, a grown behind black man <laughs> was calling me Yetta. I mean, Oreo. And they would always like pick at me because like, Oh, I never had this food. Oh, I just learned how to make Kool-Aid. Da, 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 da. I've only had Kool-Aid this many times. Like, I I hate to be classist and elitist, but y'all were poor. Okay. I never had to learn how to make those things. Because yeah. obviously that's not their fault. They didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. Their their parents were just they got the short end of the stick when it came to capitalism. And that happens to people no matter what race you are. Right. But I just think that if I don't have these struggle foods and all that stuff, then all of a sudden I'm white. Like, no, my parents work beyond hard. My dad probably downstairs working right now. He works beyond hard to make sure that everything is okay and I get the stuff that I need plus stuff that I want. Same. Well, I bought it. These are my phone, like, those were both gifts for me. And my mom works hard too. And like everyone in my family is a hard worker. And it is not, that has nothing to do with me. That you, I mean, I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but I'm sure like, I'm sure you came out on the other side because you're here. But like, that has nothing to do with me. You know, like you shouldn't make me feel bad. Like Kool-Aid, I don't really consider that a sugar food because Kool-Aid slaps. But, um, <laughs> like, and ramen, like, Mm -hmm. I like ramen. I mean, it took me a while, but I like it now. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, 
And because as you can see, I can switch between AAVE and the Queen's English pretty fast. I've been doing it pretty much this whole time. Yeah. But, um, all of a sudden, like obviously when I answer the phone at work, I'm not gonna be like, hey, what's popping? Like, da, 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 da. like no, no. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I the phone, I clear my, at work, I clear my, <clears throat> hi, this is News & Company, Cameron Village, this is Lexi, how can I help you? Like, I'm not, like, <laughs> code switching, like, I don't know if y'all watch Big Mouth, but there was <laughs> about code switching. Yeah, and, yeah. And the importance of it, because you have to adapt. Mm -hmm. I change my voice depending on what type of black people I'm around. Like, <laughs> Like when I'm in Florida, I do not sound like this. When I'm in Maryland, I do not sound like this. I am North, this is my North Kakalaki black girl voice, okay? <laughs> and it's just so crazy to me that, like, because like, I don't wear those big hoop earrings. I mean, like I do, but like, cause I don't wear big hoop earrings and I don't have the crazy wigs and da 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 da. Then all of a sudden I'm white. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's a check. It's always a check. I, Chloe and Lexi, I've gone through the exact same thing. Uh, in middle school, there was always white kids because I, our school, middle school, white, and they were working out. They were starting working out. They're pumping iron. They're like, "How much weight you lift?" Then you got the black people, you got uh, black kids, they're trying to do that too. So they're gaining mass too, because black guys actually gain more mass easily than white people. Just that's how our bodies figure. But me, on the other hand, skinny, skinny, skinny boy, rib cage. If I, you can see my rib cage very easily. I, and it's weird because they're like, you eat so much, but you're so skinny. And then why you don't, and then, Number one, another thing, Christian, you should sag. It's more, it's cooler. It's cooler. Christian, nah. Yeah, don't sag, baby. Don't sag. Uh, have you tried wheat before? You should try wheat. Wheat, wheat. You try, uh, try some other things as well. Something to be more black than what <laughs> Real quick. I got something to say real quick. It's going to be super quick. Go ahead. So sagging. <laughs> talk about it. Um, I mean, like, you don't gotta have your pants up your ass, but like, don't have them at your ankles either. Yeah, yeah. It's like a hygiene thing. It's like I don't mind. Like, it's cute, but if I can see the bottom of your butt, I don't know. I, I don't care. I'm sorry. I do not want to see your underwear. If I behind you in the hall, I don't. I don't, babe. I don't want to see that. I don't want to do that. I don't think it. I hope nobody will see that through somebody's pants. Especially what it's like you see them, the guys have their belt like around their hip, tight belt going, and then you're like, you gotta walk, you gotta walk a certain way to all poncho like that. No. And I don't know what background like that, but sometimes it is. You're trying to conform to somebody else. You're trying to be black and everybody else wants to see. So they were like, oh, yeah, he's black. He got back. He got down back because you're too black. How am I too black? I'm black. 
Do you see myself? I am black. I cannot be too black. And then again, right here, my talking. You sound angry. Breathe. Calm down. And I don't know if y'all, if y'all heard that, especially as women, if y'all go and passionate talking, oh, you sound masculine. You need to take a breath, take a breather, sweetie. Take a breather, sweetie, and actually talk softer. Talk softer. Don't be angry. You don't have the right to be angry. So then what do we have the right to be? We don't have the right to be black. Don't have the right to wear what we want. Don't have the right to put our clothes on as we want. Don't have the right to put our hairstyles as we want. Don't have the right to talk the way that we talk and say, if you talk like this, you are white, you are not black. Because black people need to talk, quote unquote, ghetto, saying, what's up, shawty? Let me have, let me have a little piece of that ass. Okay, Christian. <laughs> Uh, it's true. <laughs> it's how, how the world has is you need to be like this to be appreciated, but then you can't be like that also. You can't be who you are or you white. And if you are who you are and you act like that, you too black. So like what can we be? P you Adrian, I see you go ahead. Um, so back to the angry thing, I feel like that is such a black woman stereotype to be angry. And it's like, why can't I be angry sometimes? But then when you look at it and see a Latina woman getting angry, everybody's just like, ooh, yeah, sexy, that is feisty, I want that. <laughs> so like, you see women do that, it's just like, oh my gosh, ew, that's such a turn off. What is she doing? And it's just like everybody has a right to feel the way they want to feel. And it's just like, why? why when it comes to black women, it's just like everything is different. Everything that we do is really terrible, bottom of the barrel, all these bad things. But if somebody else does it, like, hoops. If any other girl that wasn't black wore hoops, yay, black girl wearing hoops, that's ghetto, da-da-da-da-da. All these different things, even how black women use their vernacular, it is turned into pop culture now. Mm -hmm. and something that white gay men have stole from us too. And it's just like, no, nobody credits us for it. And it's just like, okay, if you hear a white gay man or a white girl saying, yes, period, poo, queen, it's just like, okay, yes. But if you hear, if you hear a black woman say that, they're gonna be like, um, why is she so ghetto? It's always like, double-sided when it comes to how black women act and certain things that we do and certain things that we wear as well so yeah I, I totally agree I totally agree and I've seen it happen so many times that especially when it comes to voguing Vogue, like that was actually something that black people made as a way that that, has, that is history. And yeah, Madonna, she like, people say she quote unquote started it, but that actually was started a long time ago. Voguing was a way to communicate because you really couldn't talk during slavery. So you need to communicate away by stepping. Stepping now became very popular. You got 
you got all those other people. Uh, now you got whites and all the way doing stepping and be like, oh yeah, let me do that. Also like that, and then they do history. Yeah, at least learn your history if you want to do something. At least do that. At least have the, uh, at least have the dignity to say, okay, I want to learn. What does this actually mean? What does this actually mean to the community that actually created this? Who created this? Why did they? Why is stepping a thing? Why is voguing a thing? Why is hip hop tap? All those things. Did you know tap was actually created by a black man? A black man. Y'all want to say it was cre actually created by a white person? Because what more white people would do it now? Hmm. But y'all don't know the history. How it was created for communication, code words to express since y'all did not want us to do ballet and contemporary and modern because he said no, that's for us. That's our white self, not not you. You take your own stuff. You create your own things, but then we're going to take that as well. Lexi, go ahead. Um, so more towards the um thing about like white people taking culture, like. Okay, so my friend asked me the question the other day, like, how do you feel about like white people using AAVE? even if they grew up around black people and that's just what they learn, like that's just what they remember. And obviously you can't control where you grow up. Cause like I talk the way I talk because my parents talk like this. Mm. We all talk the way we talk because that's how we were taught to speak, blah, blah, blah. We all know how development works. And it's just like, you can tell when someone is forcing AAVE and it's, it's painfully obvious <laughs> that they are forcing it. It, it makes me want to throw up. Okay. When I, when I see like them like forcing like to push out like like slang words that they think are cool or funny or whatever, like dude, just talk how you wanna talk. Like you hate us, but you wanna be us at the same time. Y'all yeah. wanna be black until it's time to be black. Oh my god. Lexi, say that again, please. Y'all wanna be black until it's time to be black. Exactly. Exactly. Uh -uh. Oh, wow. Okay, I want to ask this last question, guys. I think Chloe uh, has something to say. Oh, 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 do you have something to say? Yes, I have a question. Or oh, not a question. I have, like, something to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I don't want to dox anyone, so I'm not going to say <laughs> names. But in middle school, there was, like, this video that went around, and these, like, four or five girls at this party, and all they, they were saying the N-word, and they said it. And the way they said it was, like, the most forced way I've ever heard in my life. And I said this because I saw it, like it just came up in my Snapchat memories like the other day. So I was like, ugh, it was like a terrible day. But anyways, and the way they said it was like, just like, it was wrong. It just sounded wrong. And then they said it like, just to have fun, you know, cause they were singing to songs. And then the other video, they were just saying, they're just screaming it to like the top of their lungs. Like this is the, this is my favorite word to say. This is my, I waited all this moment to say this word. And now that it's just us, these five white girls in a room together, who's gonna hurt us? Cause we're unstoppable and no one's gonna do anything about it. And nothing happened. I'm pretty sure nothing happened. They might've told a teacher, but nothing, no actual like, yeah bad things happen to them but the fact that they thought it was like oh this is funny to say the n-word oh this is funny just because it's just a word and they were just protected and they weren't just protected by white people they're protected by white people and black people because mm -hmm. who's going to say anything who's going to do something we're in middle school we're all kids and we don't know any better but by then you're 14 15 we're about to go to high school we're about to we're about to like mature so you should know the word is wrong 
but even then they still didn't care and it was just like it was just it was something that really perturbed me i guess especially in middle school because no one cared it was like you would try and be like oh this is wrong and you would talk to them but all their friends were like oh no they're just they were just joking oh you're overreacting you're being mad you're being you're over exaggerating over something that should not be like a fun pastime like mm -hmm. i understand rapping a song but it does not take any energy out of your body to just not say the word but it takes a lot of energy to scream the word cut on a video play it back so y'all can all go in turns saying the video posting it to some to posting it like sending it on snapchat to someone and then once it goes and circulates you're like we were just we were just having fun and we were just doing it because and so for that to happen i just thought of that when y'all were talking about it and i was like oh my gosh so yeah. let me just bring it up because that was just annoying it was terrible and definitely we're gonna have to i i'm excited that this is a two two uh episode thing because there's so much we gotta dive into and we two episodes are really not enough it is not it's not, it's enough. not, not enough. definitely we're definitely gonna have more <laughs> we're definitely because this is a strong topic that everybody needs to hear and i have this last question and i'm also gonna ask these uh, other people that's coming into it next episode too but i want to know what y'all thought of these first how do you feel about being black, uh, being a black teenager in a white world, in a white world that was created for white people? Maybe for, they said that in one, they said in their doctrine, you want to say that this world was created for whites. Mm -hmm. It's like weird. And now we have our, and then we have ourselves that's like created for black people, made for black people. That started during the Harlem times, the Harlem Renaissance, which was with like the 20th century. The America, America was created. I want to say in the 18th century. It, it was a while ago. The fourth, no, the 14th century. The four, 14th century. That's when they moved to Jamestown, all stuff like that. Congregations, all the kind of stuff like that. Predominantly whites. They took out the Native Americans. Said we don't want you. We're going. You're going to help us create this, but then we're going to kill y'all off. Then they took the blacks, Africans. They they said you're going to help us. You're going to help us build this. But uh, you, you're gonna you're gonna kill us. We poured our blood, sweat, and tears into working for y'all, building your houses. Native Americans built their houses, the their streets, all stuff like that. We got uh, Hispanics doing all that kind of stuff like that. But then you say we do the work, but the white people take the credit. So how do y'all feel about being a black teenager in a white world that's against you, no matter what? And Lexi, start off. All right, guys, since this is the last question of the episode, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll just keep it a man with you. It's scary. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying, honestly. Going to school, um, having the going to a school in North Raleigh, by the way, um, where there are a bunch of privileged white people who don't acknowledge their privilege and if they do acknowledge it they don't use it for good yep. and at the end of the day being surrounded by that many white people not even just at school but just everywhere you don't know who's with you or against you and you're not gonna find out until some until shit starts to hit the fan mm -hmm. and that is way too late to acknowledge who's on your team like i just i just i don't like going to places where it's like only white people 
because then I'm like, if something pops off in here, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm gonna come out of here alive or mm-hmm. unscathed. And it's just like, I am. I got three targets on my back. Okay, I am black. I am a woman, and I'm in the LGBTQ plus community. Hey, everyone hates me. <laughs> and honestly, I live with it. But like, I, I just feel like it doesn't have to be like this, you know? Like, I don't have to be scared to go out with my friends. I don't have to be scared that my dad might not come back from running into the store because he might have broken a traffic law or something. And then the, the traffic stop escalated to far beyond a traffic stop. I shouldn't be scared to just be myself in the world that I live in, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I hate to get all deep, deep and profound, you know? Like, we live in a society, like, you know? Like, it's just like, I, it's scary. It's truly scary. <laughs> and I'm gonna cut myself off right there. <laughs> Addy, go ahead. Like, like Lexi said, I'm gonna keep it short, but my word, my word is just tiring. I feel like I've been using that a lot, but I am tired. I'm extremely tired. I'm so tired. I'm tired. It's it's tiring until you are able to have a space like this when I can talk to a bunch of black women and black men and people who share the same skin color as me and experience what I experience to a certain degree. And it's like the majority my neighborhood is predominantly white. My school is predominantly white. My dance studio is predominantly white. And you're always, I am my whole life, I've been one of few black people in an entirely white space. And it's like a reflection of the world that we live in. Like we are a, minor, we are a minority like in this world. And it's just tiring to say the least. It's really tiring. I. You're expected to educate people and you're expected to deal with these things on a daily basis and think about things that a lot of people, even other people of color, like I'm talking about specifically black people because it's separate from people, other people of color, like things they don't even have to think about. And like Lexi said, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to think about those things. My little brother shouldn't have to learn about how to not get shot by the police, you know? And it's just simple things really that you experience and you see in your daily life. That's just, it's tiring, it's exhausting, Um, but it's also a blessing. I would not trade it for the world. So, yeah. Um. I like, I love my life, you know, I cannot complain personally because I have been privileged enough to have like good circumstances. Like, yeah, I've had my trouble, I've had my pain, I've had my struggles, but I'm in a house right now, I have earphones, I'm on a computer, I have a phone, I have food, I have all these other things, and I live in a good neighborhood, but for the people that don't, I feel like it's so unfair. And that's my word. It's just unfair because like um, the other day I was reading something about how schools go off property taxes or something. So like the school, like two miles down because they live in like this rich neighborhood, they have all this money and all this funding. But the other school that lives in this poor neighborhood, 
they have like no funds per student. Like say the rich school has $25,000 per student and the poor school has 6,000 and the money goes away fast. And usually those neighborhoods are like African-American or Latino communities. And I feel like it's hard to be in this cycle where you're like, you're in a cycle where you're like, you're meant to lose. You're not supposed to get up unless you start up. And when you get up, it's a long, hard process and your feelings will get hurt. You will have to go through things. And I feel like it's unfair that these people at like these poor communities, they're never gonna, well, they can get out, you know, like the good athletes get out and the people that really work hard get out. But when you're stuck in like these poor communities where the school can't even, they can't even buy books for their kids. They just have to hope their kids learn something, but they have so many other responsibilities on their hands. They have other things to worry about other than school, like just making it home safe. They have to help support their parents, things like that. So I feel like it's unfair being a black person or just a person of color in America, because this is not where we started out. Nobody started here in, except for like the native people and maybe some people like the other natives in the South. But it's like, it's just a lot of changing your lifestyle and fighting and working just to be equal, if not equal, then just to support yourself. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Adriana? Um, well, I wouldn't trade being Black and right now being a Black teenager. Um, learning stereotypes at a young age and then thinking about them now as a teenager and the stuff that I go through in high school as a teenager, um, it's definitely harder than other races, even though I can't speak for other races. And going in school and having to learn about um, American slavery and things like that, Sometimes, and like with all these uh, slave movies, sometimes I feel like, okay, yeah, it's great. Like all these different slave movies, it's great to learn different um, things that happened during the time from different perspectives. But also I feel like, are they just throwing it in my face at this point? Because there's so many of them. And But also being an West Indian, Afro-Caribbean um, teenager, in school, I never got to learn about my culture. And it was hard. And it's really when I have ignorant people tell me stuff about my culture or stereotype my culture and take that away from me also being a Black teenager. I think people tend to forget that when I say, hey, I'm West Indian, they automatically forget I'm Black. And it's hard because I fit both categories and being a black teenager and a West Indian teenager today, it's very hard and it's very split. But I mean, I love being both of those things. Um, it comes with a lot of struggles being both of those things. And especially not when people talk about African-American culture, they so like fiercely forget West Indian culture. And when they talk about Black History Month, they, like I said previously, they so fiercely forget West Indian culture and the stuff that Black Caribbeans did in America too. 
And um, I know I'm rambling on, but it's just really hard to, you know, have both of those on like your, your arms and stuff like that. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. I agree. Uh, <clears throat> I want to say why, what I said, how I feel about being a black teen is this word that is called is and you know the affinity symbol is ongoing and that's how i feel i feel like it's ongoing race it's ongoing triumph sometimes but it's ongoing struggle from the negatives and positive it's like no matter how high i try or strive to go there's always something or a word or a person that's going to say you can't do that because the way you look from it's the, t the body, the way I, I style my hair, or the way I, what clothes I wear, or how I talk, you can't do that. So it's always, it's ongoing. It's a struggle. It's a blessing. I don't, I want, don't want to even call it a curse. Maybe a curse of the surroundings. Yeah. A curse of the surroundings that the people around me, people that have made me feel less than have I want to say, and I want to say thank you for those because you actually pushed me to feel more than I actually thought I could be. And even though that was bad, I decided, and I was lucky enough to have friends and family that said, Christian, don't listen to them. Motivate yourself because what they said is not true. So do what you know you can do. So infinity is a word that I would like to use. It is infinity. It is a triumph, and I was also say like what everybody else said. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to appease people. Not just, and it's not just white community. It's not just white people too. Trying to appeasing some black people that say that want to that say it's better to look white and be black than actually being black and being black and act black. Or so that's why I am. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to be conformed to a box, a label. That you have to act this way to be this way. So, yeah, I want to say thank you, everybody, for uh, talking about this. Um, I want to going to make it very quick. The goals that I have right now is you always do a goal a day, and the goal I have is two. Number one, for everybody, Afro, Latino, African American, African descent, white, Hispanic, Asian, all anybody needs to learn your culture and I'm, I'm i'm talking about like like black history asian history hispanic history all this stuff you need to learn that because nobody's going to teach you that except for yourself mm -hmm. and not everybody has opportunities to learn that so when you get the opportunity take it take it and don't let anybody take that away from you that's number one learn your Learn what you are, your history. Learn that, digest it, and spread it around. Number two, don't conform. And I, this is a hard one. Don't conform to the, the, the labels of the white world. Don't conform to when you go, when they talk about slavery, that every white kid looks at you and they don't want to answer anything because you have to answer that. Don't conform to that. Don't, don't try to... You yes, it's good to educate, but say that also white people need to educate yourself. I cannot be your teacher and a student at the same time. I cannot tell you, I you cannot ask me, Christian, 
what does lit mean? And then I'm supposed to, and then I can't say that either. I can't be your, again, like I said, I can't be your teacher and a student at the same time. I have to be someone who learns and spreads around, but I have to learn first. You can't just throw things at me and ask, and ask me without studying yourself. They said always a test. You need to study your test, study what you're working on. But y'all say, no, I want to let the people who went through this that probably we don't even know this too, because we're still learning as well, tell me and not actually study for myself. Mm-hmm. So guys, I'm so excited for this next episode too. It's the same thing as IDK being black and a white pro part two. We're gonna have some more people and there's gonna be a lot of racism. We're gonna talk about some racism, uh, have experienced racism. Also talk about interracial couples and how this tyranny and hardship that that's gonna have. If you go through that, if you have gone through that, we're also gonna talk about um, the oppre- the oppressed of the oppressor. Can black people be racist? That that's that's the topic we're going to also talk about. We're also going to talk about how does it feel to work in a world like in, and we're going to go back to the industry stuff. Work in a world that's against you, against you when it comes to not in representation. Why does it take so long to be represented? Why is it so low budgeted? Why everything has to be, oh, we're going to give you this, but you're not going to have this much money. So I'm so excited. Also, I want to say thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lexi, Addie, Adriana, and Chloe. Thank you so much. Um, yes, I'm I'm excited for this next episode for sure. It will come out February 19th, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Whew, this is a wild ride. So <laughs> I'm going to wave goodbye. Bye to my listeners. Thank you. Also, YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and click the bell. Also, if you want me to change my setting, you need to get more subscriptions because, yeah, I've been doing this out of my pocket, so I need some (laughs) 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 donations. I'm also donating in my bio. I educate with Christian. If you want to donate anything from Cash App to Venmo, uh, I will. Any, anything is appreciated for me to make this bigger than it already is. If any of y'all have anything, you know, handles, Instagram, stuff like that, Lexi, Addy, Adriana, Chloe, do you have any what handles, Instagram that you want you to follow? Um, um, sure. At okay. AMS underscore Adriana on Instagram. Lexi? At Lexi.Tanner underscore on Instagram. Addy? At AD Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, go ahead. Okay, um, it's at Chloe Austin underscore all lowercase on Instagram, and my Twitter is Chloe capital A Austin with the underscore. Okay, it's at adharris.13 on Instagram. There you go. Thank you guys, and thank you for listeners and watchers on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. I want to say thank you. Also, like I said, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the bell. Spread this around. This is a big thing, and I can't wait for everybody to hear this part two. I want to say good day and stay humble. Stay home. Wear your mask. Yes, wear your mask. Mm-hmm.